بعض الناس يقرأ وهو يصلي الفاتحة بنفس واقي لا شك أن هذا خلاف السنة وإن صحت الصلاة ينبغي إذا قال الحمد لله رب العالمين وقف وقفة خفيفة الرحمن الرحيم وقف وقفة خفيفة مالك يوم الدين وقف وقفة خفيفة إلى أن تتم السورة يعني يقف عند رأس كل آية فتجد في بعض الأحوال المأموم إذا قام وراء الإمام يركع الإمام والمأموم مع أن جاء قراءة الفاتحة لأن المأموم لما يكون ساكت ربما يسردها بنفس وهو في ذلك يكون قد أخذ بها وضيق على المأمومين فينبغي لمن كان إماما أن يحرص على الوقوف بعد كل آية الحمد لله رب العالمين يقف الرحمن الرحيم يقف مالك يوم الدين وهكذا السورة الفاتحة هي أم القرآن وهي أعظم سورة في القرآن الكريم رغم قصر هذه السورة لكنها جاءت ب إعلان الحمد أشرف الشكر والحمد لله رب العالمين، الحمد لله رب العالمين. هذا الحمد العظيم يكون لرب هذا الكون. ثم فيها ذكر صفات الله بالرحمن والرحمة والرحيم. هذه من أحسن الصفات أثنى على الله جل وعلا. ثم فيها إعلان أن الملك لله جل وعلا وهذا غاية المجد لا ملك مع لأحد في ذلك اليوم مالك يوم الدين كل ملك يزول ويبقى ملك الفعال لغيره بعد هذا التفصيل المختصر في إعلان الحمد لله والحمد الكامل المطلق وصف الله ذرنا أنه الرحمن الرحيم ويدان أنه المالك لذلك اليوم العظيم يأتي أقول العباد العبد وهو يصلي إياك نعبد إعلان العبودية لله وحده لا يشاركه يشارك الله معه أحد في هذه العبودية إعلان الاستعانة بالله وإياك نستطيع ولما يكون باللفظ هذا في اللغة العربية إياك نعبد يعني لا نعبد أحدا غيرك ولما قال إياك نستعين يعني لا نستعين في الأمور الهامة إلا أنت لما ذكر إعلان العبد هذه المواقف الشريفة العظيمة والإعتراف توجه يسأل ربه ماذا يسأل قال اهدنا الصراط وهذا في إعلان بأن الهداية من الله كما قال جل وعلا إنك لا تهدي من أحببت فالهادي هو الله جل وعلا اهدنا الصراط المستقيم ثم عرف هذا الصراط المستقيم ما هو الصراط الذين أنعمت عليهم 
يعني صراط اهل الايمان وليس الصراط المغضوب عليهم هم اليهود الانجاس الذين بعد قيامهم ما تقوم حرب الا ولهم فيها يد سيئه يلحق بهم النصارى لان هذا لا يدعونهم على سبيل واما المشركون الوثنيون فهم لا يقولون عن انفسهم انهم سبيل على سبيل وانما يقولون وجدنا اباءنا يعبدون هكذا فنحن نتبعهم اما هؤلاء يزعمون لهم صراط لكنهم كذبوا صراط الذين رمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم وغير الضالين هذه السوره العظيمه بين الشيخ رحمه الله عليه قال اذا فرغ من قراءتها على الماموم والمنفرد والامام ان يقول امين بعد سكته قصيره خفيفه معنى امين يعني اللهم استجب لما مجد الله جل وعلا واثنى عليه واعلن ملكه ليوم الدين قال واعلن عبوديته لربه واستعانته به قال اهدنا الصراط المستقيم هذا الدعاء ناسب ان ياتي بعده امين اي اللهم استجب وكلمه امين ليست من الفاتحه وانما هي دعاء يعني اللهم استجب وما نهى اللهم استجب يجهر بها امام وماموم معا في صلاه جهريه ويستحب سكوت الامام بعدها في صلاه جهريه لحديث سمره يعني اذا انتهى من من الفاتحه يسكت سكته ليست بالطويله فيها تسهيل وتهيئه المجال للماموم الذي لم يكمل قراءتان ان يكمل قراءتها وبالنسبة للفاتحة قال ويلزم الجاهل الجاهل تعلمها ما دام أنها لا تصح الصلاة إلا بها فينبغي أن يحرص المسلم بمجرد ما يعلن إسلامه أن يتحفظ الفاتحة لكن قد يكون عاجزا عن حفظها تكون عنده لوثة في لسانه ولا يستطيع ما ربنا جل وعلا ما ضيق علينا من لم يستطع رمى حرصه يشغل الوقت بتسبيحه لله واعلان الحمد له واعلان انفراد الله جل وعلا بالالوهيه وانه اكبر من كل شيء لابد من شغل الوقت, الوقت ما دام لا يحفظ السوره ولا, ولا يستطيع لا بد ان يشغله بالذكر لكن ينبغي لكل واحد ان يحرص على حفظ الفاتحه هي قصيره ولا تشق ولا يشق على الواحد اذا كرر قراءتها مرات ومرات ثبتت باذن الله
قال فإن لم يفعل مع القدرة لم تصح صلاته يعني الذي ما اجتاد لحفظ الفاتحة مع أنهم يحذر فالصلاة ما بصحيحة لأن النبي يقول صلى الله عليه وسلم لا صلاة لمن لم يقرأ فاتحة الكتاب والله يقول في الحديث القدسي قسمت الصلاة بين الصلاة بيني وبين عبدي نصفين ولعبد ما سأل يقول الله إذا قال العبد الحمد لله قال الله حامدني عبدي إذا كأن الفاتحة صارت هي الصلاة فالذي لا يحفظ الفاتحة ما هي صلاته ولذلك فول من يقول لا بد من قراءة الفاتحة في كل ركعة هذا هو الحق يقول ويلزم الجهل فإن لم يفعل لم تصح صلاته ومن لم يحسن شيئا منها يأتي بهذه الأذكار التي مرت علينا لأن النبي قال لمن أتى إليه إن كان معك قرآن فقرأ وإلا فاحمد الله وهلله وكبره ثم اركع رواه أبو داود الترمذي هذا مجمل ما يتعلق بقراءة الفاتحة هل الذي لا يقرأها تبطل يقين صلاته؟ إذا تركها متعمدا تبطل يقين صلاته وأما إن حصل له ما يعوقه فصلاته لا تبطل لكنها غير كاملة لحديث أيما صلاة لم يقرأ فيها بفاتحة الكتاب فهي خداج والخداج النقص الشيء الذي لم يتم هذا يعرفه يعرفه الناس اصحاب زراعه النخيل ثمره النخله اذا لم تنمو وصارت الحبات كانها زيتون قيل هذا خداج والناقه اللقحه اذا القت ما في بطنها جنينها قبل ان يتم قالوا اخدجت يعني جاءت بشيء ناقص لكن ينبغي للمسلم ان يكون حريصا على اتقان هذه العباده العظيمه لها شرف عظيم يعني كل واحد كانه واقف يخاطب ربه يفتتح الباب بالحمد والثناء على الله وتمجيد لله جل وعلا وإعلان ملكية الله جل وعلا ملكية الله جل وعلا ليوم الحساب يوم جميع ما في الوجود لا شأن لهم ثم إعلان العبد بأنه يستعين بالله ويعبده ويسأل ربه أن يهديه هذه السلسة العظيمة مكانتها في القرآن الكريم في القرآن الكريم أنها أم القرآن ولذلك ينبغي للواحد وهو يقرأها أن يتأمل لما يقول الحمد لله يحمد الله جل وعلا 
هذا الحمد ما دام قال الحمد لله يعني الحمد الكامل الذي لا مثيل له لله جل وعلا الله من هو؟ من هو؟ الرحمن الرحيم رحيم الدنيا والآخرة نسأل الله جل وعلا أن يرحمنا جميعا برحمته إنه مجيب الدعوة Praising Allah Azza wa Jal, seeking his assistance and seeking refuge in Allah Azza wa Jal from the evil of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah guides, there is none who can guide him. Whomsoever Allah leads astray, there is none who can guide him. We seek refuge in Allah from the evil of, the evil of our deeds and the evil of ourselves. And we bear witness that Muhammad وسلم, is his slave. And his messenger, the one that Allah sent as a mercy to mankind, he gave the message, he was sincere for the Ummah, and he fought in the way of Allah Azawajal. May Allah be pleased with his companions, those who believed in him and migrated to him and with him, and those who fought during his time and after his time, until the religion was spread to all parts of the world. They are the best of the people after the Prophets and the Messengers of the Prophet mentioned in a hadith. The best of the people are those who I was sent amongst them. Those are the Sahaba and then those who followed them at the Tabi'un and then those who followed them at Ba'at Tabi'in. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. May Allah make us from amongst those who love them and those who are accurate in our following of them. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab ta'ala, the author of this treatise who mentioned in this beneficial work that it is upon the individual to stop at the end of every verse. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah ta'ala that this is what is befitting when an individual is reciting this tremendous surah of the Qur'an that it is upon the individual to stop, stop at the end of each verse and he mentioned that you have some people that when they recite Surah Al-Fatiha they recite it with one breath but this is in opposition to the Sunnah the Salat is correct but it is in opposition to the Sunnah when the individual recites Surah Al-Fatiha they should say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen and they should stop Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim and then they should stop and they should do this to the end of the Surah and the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that sometimes you have people or sometimes individuals are praying behind the Imam and the Imam is reciting so quickly that the person who is praying behind him does not have time to recite Surah Al-Fatiha and this is incorrect the Imam, when he's reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, he should stop at the end of each verse. When he says Alhamdulillah, he stops. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, he stops. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, he stops. And he should do so in this manner to the end of the Surah. Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that Surah Al-Fatiha is the mother of the Qur'an. And it is the greatest Surah in the Qur'an, even though it is short and concise, uh, but it is considered the greatest surah of the Qur'an 
in this surah, the individual is announcing the, the praise of Allah Azawajal, which is the greatest form of showing gratitude uh, or announcing gratitude to Allah Azawajal. Rabbul Alameen, the Lord of the world. So the individual is declaring that Allah Azawajal, his belief, the individual is declaring his belief that Allah is the Lord of the worlds. Also in this surah, the individual is mentioning the names and the attributes of Allah Azawajal, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. So he is glorifying and praising his Lord. Maliki Yawmaddin, the individual is declaring his belief that Allah Azawajal is the owner and the possessor of uh, the Day of Judgment. There is no dominion for anyone on that day except Allah Azawajal. All of the power and dominions of individual will perish except that of Allah Azawajal. So he mentioned this to show the greatness of this surah. And once again, he reiterated, he said that the, the, the hamd, which is the praise of Allah Taala, all and complete praise belongs to Allah Azawajal. And then you describe Allah with his attributes, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, his names and attributes, you describe Allah with the fact that he is the one that possesses the dominion on the day of judgment. And then after that, you say, Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in. So you are declaring uh, the worship that the worship belongs only to Allah Azza wa Jal. And He is alone and He has no partners. And in the Arabic language when you say Iyaka, verily you, you are denying all forms or anything to other than that individual. So when you say Iyaka na'abudu, you are denying any worship for other than Allah Azza wa Jal and you are establishing the worship only for Allah. Wa iyaka nasta'een and it is only you who we seek your assistance. So the individual uh, so when the individual begins by praising Allah, then mentioning Allah's names and attributes, then mentioning the fact that Allah is the, the owner and the possessor of the Day of Judgment, then you establish that you worship Allah and you seek assistance from Allah, then the individual calls on Allah by saying, That is to the straight path. So after the beginning of the surah, and the constant praise and glorification of Allah Azawajal, then the individual begins to seek from his Lord Taala guidance to the straight path. And by doing so, you are announcing and declaring that only Allah Azawajal is the one who, who guides. As Allah Taala says in the Quran, إِنَّكَ لَا تَحْدِي مَنْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ you cannot guide whom you wish, but Allah guides whom He wills. So, we understand when we say, That is to the straight path. We are declaring our belief that only Allah is the one to guide to the straight path. And what is this path? This is the path of the people of faith. This is the path of people of Iman. This is not the path of the Jews. So verily the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, verily the Jews, they are the individuals that there is no war. And there is no destruction which takes place except that they have their hand in it. And likewise not the path of the, the, the Christians. They are individuals that think they are upon guidance, but they are astray. And other than the Jews and the Christians, they don't believe that they are upon guidance. But, they're, uh, but they... 
they said this is that which we found our fathers upon, so this is that which we would continue to, to practice and implement. So the Jews and the Christians, they feel that they are upon guidance, but they are upon deviation. But other than them, they feel that this is what our fathers are upon, so this is that which we would continue to, to, to practice. So the Shaykh mentioned Hadith Allah Ta'ala. Now, then the author, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, mentioned, فَإِذَا فَرَغَ قَالْ آمِينَ So when the individual finishes the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha, the individual says, Ameen, and this is done by the Imam, and the one who is being led in prayer, and the individual who is praying without an Imam. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that this is done, the author mentioned, that this is done after a small pause. And the statement, Ameen, means, Oh Allah, answer the supplication. So you have glorified Allah, you have mentioned His names and attributes, you have mentioned that Allah is the one who possesses the, the Day of Judgment, you have mentioned that it is only Allah who you worship, and you have sought His uh, assistance, and you have sought guidance to the straight path, and then after that supplication you say, Ameen. So this is befitting, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned, this is befitting that you would say Ameen because you have, after praising Allah and glorifying Him and exalting Him, you have sought something from Allah Azawajal, so you want Allah Azawajal to answer your call. And the statement Ameen is not from the surah, but it is requesting from Allah Azawajal to answer the supplication. After this, the individual would have a small pause. And this is the time that method and the Imam when the Imam makes this uh, pause, uh, the people that are behind him, this would give them time to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. This would give them time to recite Surah, Surah Al-Fatiha. And the author mentioned Rahim Allah Ta'ala that it is upon the individual who does not know this Surah, it is upon him to learn it. Because the Salat is not accepted without it. As long as the person has the ability to memorize the Surah. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, as soon as an individual enters into the fold of Islam, it is incumbent upon that individual and Islam mandates that the individual learns this surah. But if an individual does not have the ability, if the individual does not have the ability because of an illness or because of the, some type of, uh, uh, because of an illness or some type of disability, then it is not obligatory upon the individual, but rather they would uh, mention what is mentioned here in the hadith of Abu Dawud and Tirmidhi, where the Prophet said, if you have the Qur'an with you, then read it, but if you do not, then praise Allah and mention uh, La ilaha illallah and kabbirhu, which means mention Allahu Akbar. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Azawajal has not made a difficulty upon us, or upon the individual who has an illness or a disability, the individual should still praise Allah, say La ilaha illallah, uh, say Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar. So the Shaykh mentioned Abib Allah Ta'ala, so no, ma no matter what is the case of the individual, they have to spend this time in remembrance of Allah Azawajal. But what is befitting is that if an individual has the ability, they should memorize the surah because it is short. Uh, it is a short surah 
and if an individual repeats it over and over, they would uh, it would become firm. Uh, they would be able to memorize it by the permission of Allah Azza wa Jalla. As for the ruling, as for the ruling of the individual uh, who has the ability to memorize this order, then it is obligatory upon them because the Prophet said, "There is no prayer for the individual who does not recite al-Fatiha." And likewise, in the Hadith al-Qudsi, where the Prophet said that Allah said, I have divided the prayer between me and my servant. When the person says, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Allah says, my servant has glorified me. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, to the end of the Hadith, uh, to the end of the beginning of the, uh, of the Surah Al-Fatiha, then when the person begins to say, uh, Allah says, this is for my servant, and he will have that which he has asked. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it is as if Surah Al-Fatiha is the, the prayer itself. It is as if Surah Al-Fatiha is the prayer itself. And if that is the case, then it is as if the person who does not recite it, there is no prayer for him. Because Allah said in that Hadith Al-Qudsi, Allah said, I have divided the prayer between me and my servant. And what was Allah referring to in that statement, in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, Allah is referring to Surah Al-Fatiha. So if the person does not recite Surah Al-Fatiha, it is as if he has not prayed. Uh, then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, and this is one of the strongest proofs for the opinion that it is incumbent upon everyone who is praying to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. This is the strongest proof, and this is that which is correct, the most correct opinion. And then uh, he mentioned uh, the statement uh, in the hadith of Abu Dawud and Tirmidhi, which is the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, if you have some of the Qur'an, then recite it, and if you do not have, then uh, praise Allah, say Alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa Allahu Akbar, and then you go into Ruku'ah. The Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala said, this is in summary, uh, the obligation of reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. And... He mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the rulings pertaining to the individuals that do not recite it uh, on purpose. If an individual purposely uh, abandons recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha, then there is no prayer for this individual. But likewise, uh, but on the other hand, if the individual uh, does so because he has an illness or a disability, then it is not obligatory upon the individual, but the prayer is somewhat deficient. He mentioned the statement of the Prophet wasallam, whoever does not recite Surah Al-Fatiha, then his prayer is Qudaj, which means it is deficient. And he said the people that, uh, the farmers, the date, uh, the, farmers, uh, the farmers for the, the date palms and the date farms, they know this statement, Qudaj, because when the, their crops do not give off the dates, as when the dates do not become ripe as they should, they describe it as Qudaj. And likewise, the individuals who are uh, camel herders. These individuals, when the female camel gives birth and the child is not, uh, the child is not alive, yani the child, like we say, is stillborn. Uh, if the child is dead upon birth, they said that it, it is kudaja. And yani she has given birth to something which is not complete. So farmers and, and camel herders, they know this, this statement of kudaj, which is mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet wasallam. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned, so the individual who is praying, when they recite Surah Al-Fatiha, they should reflect over the fact that they are reciting the most tremendous Surah of the Qur'an. 
And likewise, they should reflect over the fact that they are speaking directly to their Lord, to Baraka Ta'ala. They are opening the door of communication between them and their Lord, Allah Azza wa Jal. They are praising Allah, they are exalting Allah, they are glorifying Allah Azza wa Jal. They are announcing that Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who possesses the day of judgment, the day of reckoning. And they are announcing that they are servants to Allah Azza wa Jal and they are seeking His assistance. And they are announcing that the worship only belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal and they are seeking from Allah Azza wa Jal guidance to the straight path. So this is the tremendous surah, even though it is only takes up a small portion of the Qur'an, but it is the most tremendous surah in the Qur'an. So it is befitting that the individual, when he recites this surah, that he reflects over its meaning. He reflects over the praise of Allah Azawajal, for verily there is no surah similar to this surah in the Qur'an. We ask Allah Azawajal to engulf us in His mercy. قول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى هل على الطالب المبتدئ أن يحفظ آداب رسالة آداب المشي إلى الصلاة كأول مطر في الفقه ينبغي أن يحرص على حفظها وأقل الأمور أن يحفظ ما يتعلق بمباشرة الصلاة وما يلزم لها من الأركان لأن الصلاة هذه هي أهم أعمال المسلم لأنها تشتمل على شهادة التوحيد وشهادة متابعة الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم. The individual is asking, is it upon a new student of knowledge to memorize this treatise as one of the first treaties in fiqh? The Sheikh mentioned it's befitting that an individual memorize, memorizes the treaties. And uh, if he does not have the ability to memorize the complete book, he should memorize specifically what is related to the, the pillars and the obligations of the prayer. Because the salat is the most important action of the Muslim. Because it comprises declaration of faith in Allah and declaration in following the Prophet يقول السائل إذا لم يكن لدي وقت لأصلي راتبة الفجر قبل صلاة الجماعة فهل هو أفضل أن أصليها بعد الشروق أو مباشرة بعد صلاة الفجر؟ والأفضل أن يؤديها قبل صلاة الفجر وإذا لم يدرك ذلك يصليها بعد الصلاة ويضاق عليها الوقت وأخرها إلى بعد طلوع الشمس فلا حرج في ذلك. individual is asking if I don't have time to pray the 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 prayer related to Salat al-Fajr which is done before Salat al-Fajr if I don't have time to pray before Salat al-Fajr should I pray it after the rising of the sun or immediately after the Fajr prayer the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned uh, it is befitting the best time to pray this prayer is before Salat al-Fajr, meaning after the Adhan and before the Iqamah. 
But if the individual does not have the ability to do so, then he can pray immediately after the prayer. And if the time is short, if the time span is short, then he can pray after the sun has risen. يقول السائل هل يجهر هل يجهر المهموم بقوله آمين إذا لم يجهر الإمام؟ نعم يجهر بآمين المطلوب من المأموم والإمام أن يجهر بآمين كان الصحابة يسمعون خلف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم التأمين بصوت بين جدا is it upon the ma'moom to say ameen loud even if the imam does not do so and the shaykh habib al-atala mentioned nah, he should do so because this is something which is uh, upon the imam and the ma'moom for verily the companions during the time the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam they used to hear uh, they used to be heard saying ameen السائل هل يجوز للمسلم الجديد أن يحفظ الفاتحة بحروف أجنبية لأنه لا يعرف قراءة الحروف العربية الله جل وعلا يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم إذا كان لا يستطيع أن يقرأها بلغة القرآن لغة المصحف فيبادل بقراءتها ولو بالترجمة لكن لا يتوانى يقول ما دام يصح ذلك انتظر لا يبادر لأن أعداءها باللفظ القرآني له شأنه العظيم. Individuals asking is it permissible for a person to read and recite Surah Al-Fatiha with non-Arabic letters transliteration because he does not know the Arabic language, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, Allah Azza mentioned the Qur'an, fear Allah to the best of your ability. So if the individual does not have the ability to uh, memorize Al-Fatiha with the Arabic letters, then the individual can read them with the transliteration letters. But the individual should not suffice with this. The individual should not say, as long as it's easy for me to memorize it this way, then I would continue like this. No, it is befitting that the individual learns the Arabic letters. يقول السؤال إذا يقول السؤال أنا مسلم جديد وأريد أن ألبس الثوب إذا ذهبت للمسجد ولكن والدي يمنعاني من ذلك فهل أطيعهما في ذلك؟ احرص على استجلاب ود والديك ولعلك تستطيع أن تجمع بين ودهم ويضاهم عنك 
أن تستشعر أنك تصلي كما يصلي المسلمون في كل مكان ولا سيما في المساجد ومن يتق الله يجعل له مفرجا Shaykh Habib, the individual is asking there are no Muslim and they want to wear a thobe to the masjid but their parents uh, forbid them from doing so. Uh, what should they do? And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, uh, you should try your best to bring about the, the pleasure of your parents. You should try to combine between the pleasure of your parents and likewise wearing the thobe. And you should inform them that you're trying your best to pray as the Muslims or you're trying your best to wear the dress of the Muslims when they pray in the masjid and whoever fears Allah, Allah would make a way for them. And I said that I am a man of God and I am a man of God. I pray for Allah to give us a number of other things. I pray for Allah to give us a number of things. I pray for Allah to give us a number of things. I pray for Allah to give us a number of things. وأن ينفعنا بهذه اللقاءات في حاضرنا ومستقبلنا وأن يمن علينا بحب هذه العبادات والحرص على تحصيل ما تحتاج إليه هذه العبادات من القراءة والأذكار كما أسأله جل وعلا بأسمائه وصفاتها أن يعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأن يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وأن يرفع الظلم عن المظلومين في البلاد الإسلامية في الشام والفوضى في مصر وليبيا وغيرها من البلاد الإسلامية وأن يقضي على فتنة الرافضة التي ندعت ونبعت في اليمن وإيران الفارسية تعزز هذا ذلك فنسأل الله أن يحبط كيدهم جميعا ويحفظ للبلاد الإسلامية حسن التمسك بدين الله والحرص على الاقتداء برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كما أسأله سبحانه أن يلطف المسلمين الذين تحكمهم دول كافرة وأن يعاجلهم بالفرج فهو أرحم الراحمين كما أسأل جل وعلا أن يوفق ولي أمرنا في المملكة العربية السعودية الملك سلمان أن يوفقه لحماية العقيدة وحراستها وصيانة الأخلاق الإسلامية وإعلاء شأن الأمر بالمعروف والنهي عن المنكر والأخذ على أيدي السفهاء وأن يجهزيه على ذلك بعز الدنيا وثواب الآخرة إنه مجيب الدنيا الدعاء وصلى الله على نبينا محمد. Sheikh Habib Al-Azhar apologized because he said that he's he's feeling weak today, so that was the reason why he had requested that the questions are just a few. He mentioned Habib Al-Azhar that and he would make up the time. During another sitting, and he mentioned that we ask Allah Jalla to make our deeds sincerely for His face, and according to the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we ask Allah Jalla to make these gatherings beneficial for us in this life and the next. We ask Allah Jalla 
to make us uh, from amongst the individuals that would benefit from these gatherings and from those who would implement that which we read and we ask Allah with his names and attributes to give might and glory to Islam and to debase Kufr and the people of Kufr. And we ask Allah to raise the oppression of those who are being oppressed in different Muslim lands, such as Syria, such as Egypt, such as Libya, and other Muslim lands. We ask Allah to bring an end to the oppression of the Rafidah who have uh, sprouted in, in Yemen and they are being supported by Iran. We ask Allah uh, to allow us to be, allow the Muslims to be uh, adherent to uh, their religion and you know in accordance with the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, we ask Allah to give strength uh, to the Muslims who are being ruled by the disbelievers verily Allah is the all merciful we ask Allah to give uh, tawfiq to the ruler of Saudi Arabia to and we ask Allah to give him success in protecting the Sunnah and protecting the Islamic character and to uh, give strength to the affair of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil Verily, Allah is uh, the one to answer the call, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon the Prophet Muhammad, his companions and family members.